Well, welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host this evening, John Harris, but I am joined by my good friend to kick it off, my cohort in Carnival Games 2018, mm-hmm. Dear Drew, Texas 360 host. It's Drew Doherty. What's up, Drew? Nothing much, man. Beautiful day. It is beautiful. Beautiful night for grilling. Ooh. I'm going to be on the grill tonight. Yep. I think I'm going to be as well. Just doing a simple chicken those, breast. Get you some of those Italian sausages I keep on talking about. Yeah. The best in the business. They're yeah, like, oh. dude. You're holding back on the Italian sausages. Yeah. So Drew and I got we got a little something special for you in our next segment. We, we do this periodically on Wednesday. It's something that started way back on my radio show back in 2008 because I was mad about Peter King. We started with the Seinfeldian Anything Mock Draft. And so I love to do mock drafts. Tonight's mock draft is the American Badass. The All-American. The All-American Badass. So we're drafting the all our All-American teams. This can range from fictional characters, real real people, athletes. Dead or alive, too. Dead or alive. Yep. Of any capacity. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. I can't wait. So we'll we'll save that. Just really, for the next... you can't lose this thing. Yeah, and, you can. It's and it's... I'm actually disappointed. We should probably make this an in the lab podcast. But it should have been. Uh, and it, and incidentally, please listen to our in the lab podcast. It's on iTunes. Yes, in the lab. It's me and John every uh, basically every Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. So we've been studying our draft boards mm-hmm. and looking at our all American teams, our all American badass teams. Yep. And again, it can run. It can run a gamut. It can, and for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to draft Bill Gates because he was an innovative badass or Steve Jobs, I could. Yeah. So that's totally cool, too. I mean, if you wanted to draft SpongeBob just because you thought he was a badass, I mean, that's up to you. I wouldn't I wouldn't go with it, but if you wanted to, I mean, it's totally cool. I just Are you I'm writing it down? Yeah, I got, no, not, Patrick not Star? them. I've got somebody no? else. You got it. Yeah, let's. You're uh, good. You're well, good? what do we have to get to first? Right. We got to do football. This is yeah, a football. We gotta, yeah, radio we're gonna show. get we're gonna get to football. We obviously been talking about free agency, Drew, for a while. We know what the Texans did. A little bit of news. If you want your hot reads, presented to you by Geico. Geico can save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance with just fifteen minutes. Texans signed Josh Keys yesterday. Yes, linebacker. Played in the league. Bounced around the league a little bit for the last few years. Came out of Boston College. I was a fan of his when he was at Boston College. I thought that he'd come into the league and do some things. I thought he probably would be a special teams guy at worst. And that's really he's, – he's been that. And maybe he comes in here and competes. But I told you yesterday, I said, I had seen somebody in the cafeteria. Uh-huh. I had seen somebody. And then I so saw his picture and I went, that's him. The eagle has landed. That's what he tweeted. This is a guy who the Texans, this time of year, in addition to signing these high-profile mm-hmm. free agents like Tyron Matthew and Aaron Colvin, right. You've also got to fill out your roster. Yep. And because of all these guys that you're adding, you've still lost quite a few. There are guys like Chris Clark and Breno Giacomini and, and Marcus Gilchrist who are on the street or who have signed with teams like Gilchrist has. So you've lost quite a bit of players, and you've got to fill out a 90-man roster, and you're well under that right now. Yep. So this is one of those names. Now, will he be around week one? Could. Could. If he is, it's probably as a special teams right. core type of guy. Maybe he, he busts in and, and has a great – spring in, in August, and yeah. he winds up being one of those backup inside guys. But it's one of those kind of, not filler moves, but it's a guy that you've got yeah. to have to have a roster to field a team in May, June, July, and August when you're not playing games, but when you're doing practice and, yep. and preseason scrimmages and stuff like that. And that's hugely important, especially during OTA period, because you're going to have guys during the OTA period. And I looked at the roster yesterday after this move. 
to bring in Josh Keyes. 77 guys are on the roster. Now, I that's I believe that's everybody. But Deshaun probably not going to do much in OTAs, if right. anything at all. J.J. Watt, Derek Newton. Uh, there are probably going to be some other guys that aren't going to do anything during OTAs. And, and I remember it was OTAs in 2016. I remember watching the defensive backs, and it was like, well, there goes three defensive backs. I think it was Kevin Johnson, J. Joe, and I think at the time Charles James. There's like three or four guys rehabbing from injuries. Yeah. And so that gave the opportunity for A.J. Boye to step up, get a lot of reps. And, boy, his game went through the roof, and obviously we know where he is now. But that was a result of that. Now, A.J. had been on the roster, of course. But that's that's the kind of thing where a jo- Josh Keyes can stand out during OTAs and at least get some momentum going into the Greenbrier and training camp. So those are the moves that we look back on and say, oh, man, I mean, remember how we got uh, how we ended up with Brian Peters? I mean, Brian Peters yeah. has been phenomenal for this, for this defense, and he was he was an add-in in, like, October – October or November of 15 or something it like was that. was late September. He came in and played in 13 games, I believe, and still wound up tied for the yep. NFL lead in special teams tackles right. that year. Right. So, yeah, he and he's been resigned. He will be back. Right. He's at least under contract right now uh, for 2018. And, and, and that's the thing. The, the people have – I don't know about you, Drew, but people have come to me periodically over the years. When are special teams going to get better? When are special teams going to get better? When are special teams going to get better? Is it about the coaching? And obviously there's been a change in coaching. Brad Seeley with assistant Tracy Smith taking over special teams. I think that obviously is going to help. But, look, it comes down to the Jimmies and the Joes when, it, when we're talking about special teams. Yeah. Dudes fly down on special teams because, A, they want to, and, B, they've got some speed, and, C, they understand that special teams is as big a role as anything else. And I think over the last few years there were some guys, maybe they went down on special teams that didn't always, didn't always see the value in doing that, and they – it just didn't turn out well, I guess, for special teams for the last few years. But you add Josh Keys, you add Johnson Batamosi, you have Brian Peters, you have some guys that are going to fly down on special teams and go make some plays, and that's what you need to have. No doubt. No doubt. And Chris Thompson is one of those guys to keep an eye yes, on. Yes, it's a good one. I think had Chris Thompson been able to wrap up and drop guys uh, last year that wound up getting loose, just, you know, it looked like it was a rookie thing almost, right, right. like he was figuring it out. But had those guys been dropped where their the initial contact was, right. I think this tech this Texan special teams coverage unit jumps by at least a third yeah. of the league because he he's a heck of a gunner, heck of a gunner. It just he's just to wrap guys up and bring them down. You know, it's funny before last year's draft, I was and uh, I think that can happen it, during last year's uh, not after the draft and the Texans said he was a trial player. Yeah, he was tryout, impressed him to tryout, ended up getting signed. And my buddy's a silent reporter for the Gators, and I said, you know, what's his deal? And he goes. He said that dude has no. He he said it as he has no chill, meaning he never takes a playoff, yeah. and he's always flying down. And so I was doing I was doing my studying basically from my SEC preview that I do each summer, and I was looking at the University of Florida, and I watched maybe four or five games, and in those four or five games, he made a special teams play in every single one of those games. It was phenomenal to watch. Yeah. So you throw Chris Thompson in the mix with Batamosi. I'm really keys. excited to see if Chris Thompson can make that jump yes. because he. Absolutely. If he does, man, this team is a lot better. A I'm, lot better. A- absolutely, in, in a very key area, obviously, on the football field. So that was the the move as of yesterday. And, look, the one thing that people ask us all the time, there's there's no there's no end to free agency. Yeah. Once the new league year starts, free agency is all the time. You are always looking for players, always looking for players, whether it's churning the bottom of the roster. And I, and I go back to the Seattle Seahawks in 2010 when Pete Carroll and John Schneider took over. 
in 2010, they set a record that year for transactions. It was like like 200-something. And they just kept the bottom of the roster churning and churning and churning and churning until they found the right mix. And they ended up going to the playoffs in 2012, go to the Super Bowl and win it in 13, went back to the Super Bowl in 14. So, you know, that that type of thing, transactions are happening all the time. Some might happen in May. Some might happen in June. Some might happen in July. And definitely some are going to happen during training camp when you have injuries and such. So, uh, hopefully not as many as last year, but they happen at any particular point in time. All right, Drew. So the Texans have added, I think we said the other day, they had added seven players, three linemen, three DBs, and then Sammy Coates had picked up on waivers. Right. Josh Keyes makes eight. That's mm-hmm. eight new players. We talked about the impact players for the Texans. How about for the rest of the division? In Jacksonville, the Jags sign Andrew Norwell. But they lose Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Mercedes Lewis. Had to restructure with Telvin Smith. Paul Puzlesny retired. And they lost Aaron Colvin. The Colts haven't done a lot in free agency, but maybe made the biggest move in the division when they made the trade from three to six, picking up two second-round picks this year and an additional second-round pick next year from the New York Jets. And then you have the Titans. Now, they're sitting and waiting for potentially the white whale in the division, that being Ndamukong Sue. Yeah. He visited Tennessee, but Tennessee went and got Deion Lewis uh, this offseason. They were able to bring him in. Malcolm they signed Butler. Malcolm Butler. So they've made a splash with those two particular guys, and they might even make a bigger splash that they end up with Sue. So, Drew, as you start looking at the division as a whole, the strength of it with what every team has done. I feel like not much has really changed. I think it's still a, it's going to be a three-team race this year. I think the Colts with those draft picks, if Ballard, Chris Ballard, GM of the Colts, is able to hit on those picks, the Colts are going to be right back in this thing yeah. very, very soon. But they've got to hit on some of those things. They've made some a couple of subtle moves in free agency, some receivers, Ryan Grant being one of them, uh, who is, I was a big fan of, come out of Tulane. They also signed one of the receivers off the top of my head. I can't remember. Um, oh, Dante Moncrief ended up going from the Colts to the Jags, so there was some in-division stuff. So how do you perceive the division at this point with the moves that were made in free agency? Right now, March 21st, just incrementally, I feel like the division has come closer to the mean as a whole. I feel like the Jags have taken teeny tiny steps backwards. Yeah. I feel like the Texans have taken some steps forward. Yep. I feel like the Titans have, you know, sort of stayed around the yeah. same spot, maybe gotten a little bit better. Yeah. And then I'm with you. The Colts are just sort of a wild card with me for me because I don't know if Andrew Luck's going to play. And yeah, it, it sort of looks, time. just reading the tea leaves, it looks like he's not going to play this year. So then you kind of factor them in, even with all these draft picks, as right. like a 5-6 win team at best, maybe. I just feel like this is a, a – I feel like the division's bunched up a little bit more. Yeah. Because you know Deshaun Watson's coming back, and right. that's that trumps everything else you've done yep. with the Texans. So, yeah, I do want to. I want the Texans to get a left tackle and, and get stability at that situation. If they have their breakthrough in your eyes, in Ju- Julian Davenport, as we talked about on our In the Lab podcast, you chose him as your offensive breakthrough player for yep. 2018. If that happens. Oh, man. Huge. That happens. Huge. That happens. Look out. And, and again, 
as with the Texans last year, the Texans were unfortunate because they had so many injuries. Yeah. The year before, it was J.J. Watt. I mean, that was a massive injury. And then Kevin Johnson, who I thought was on the, the verge of having a tremendous year in 2016, gets hurt in that Colts game on Sunday night and missed the last 10 games of the year plus playoffs. But injuries are going to happen everywhere. The anomaly was last year with Jacksonville. Jacksonville got nobody injured. Yeah. Nobody was hurt. And Jacksonville. On the defensive side of the ball in particular. Jacksonville losing the two Allens, I, th- I think that's a big deal. Because I do too. Th- those guys were really, I mean, they were looking to the future with those guys just two years ago. I, yeah. I, was, I remember being in Hawaii. Allen Robinson was out there. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins was out there. There, there was talk. Well, Allen Robinson might be uh, might challenge DeAndre Hopkins for the best, being the best receiver in the AFC South. Right. Well, that didn't come come to be. But right. He was good, and I think he still can be good. Yep. And I, I don't have all that much confidence in, in Dante Moncrief. So yeah, I like what uh, I like for the Texans. What has happened in Jacksonville? Yeah. Although getting Andrew Norwell, that bolsters that, that, was that a, line. And, yeah, it was. I thought it was interesting too because I thought the Jacksonville line was good. I thought if the if the Jags had gone anywhere, they would have gone tackle maybe to potentially replace Jeremy Parnell. But they go guard. They put, they replace Patrick Omame. I think. You know the Jags are the team. Obviously, everybody's shooting for because they made and they made the they won the AFC South last year. It's got that defense. The Titans to me are are they're an interesting team because I don't quite know what to make. They're going to lose. They lose to Marco Murray, mm-hmm. but they add Deion Lewis. They add Malcolm Butler over at corner. And so now you essentially have the Patriots corners that the Texans have faced for years, plus Dory Jackson. So they got three guys that can cover. Them. All right. And they did a good job when they were together with the Patriots, Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, of taking away this passing game. But I think it's a little bit more complex than that now. And so I look at the Titans, and I think, okay, now if they now if the Titans land a Domkin Sue that helps them on the inside, oh boy, okay, now now we change things a little bit. But that's got to happen first. But that's got to happen first, and hopefully that will not happen. Drew's going to stick around. Mark Vandermeer is going to come in here. It's time for our Wednesday draft, the All-American Draft. We'll give you the rules next. You can play along, and you can tweet us, at Doherty Drew, at Jay Harris Football, at Texans Voice. Who would you add? We'll do that next right here in Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer now joins the show with me, John Harris, alongside Drew Doherty, who sticks around. It is time for our – we do this from time to time. We don't, I wouldn't say weekly, more like – Bi-weekly, more like once a month yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's almost weekly. It's got, it, it, we try. I try, but sometimes we don't. Like at the Combine, it was not weekly. Yeah. But we try Good to point. do our weekly draft. And this week, our draft, it's a good one. It's one that Drew and I talked about before we were doing Cooler Talk. We're trying to figure out. I was like, Drew, I want to do a draft tonight. We're kind of tossing back some ideas. Tailgate Foods, that was a good one. Could have drafted mm-hmm. Tailgate mm-hmm. Foods. That's good. We could still we do that. save that one. Yeah. I thought about. Best or favorite Texans victories? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good one. Favorite. What's your favorite? No, I'm not going to get into that right now. You're not now. doing it? You're I'm not, not doing, doing it? I'm not going there right now. All right. Okay. All right. I've got, I've got a few. I mean, favorite and best aren't necessarily the best. Th- uh, the same thing, right? Like your favorite band is not necessarily the best band. Right, exactly. My favorite guitarist is Jimmy Page, right. but the best rock guitarist is Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I thought you said Brad Paisley was the best guitarist you've ever heard. No, 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 uh, no not no, exactly, no. no. I not that he's bad. That. I, I like Paisley. You said that, though. Look, if you can hang in there with Peyton Manning on those commercials, you're doing a pretty good uh, job. Okay. Yeah, those are jingles, though. That, yeah. that doesn't really count. So, I got to thinking about this one because I started thinking about, and I don't know why, but I started thinking about just all-American dudes. And I was like, that'd be cool. What if we came up with our team of five 
all-American dudes. Five. Five. Now, okay. now I say all-American. One of mine may not be an American. I'm not totally oh, sure. That, no, that, it's got to be American. Got to be American. Do I have to look it up? I think you have to look it up. I think now, look what it up. if you were not born in this country, but you became a citizen nope. at some point? No. You have to be born on American soil to qualify for yep. the all-American dude. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Dang it. Well, uh, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good You're with good? the one that I wanted. Okay. I'm good okay. with the one that I wanted. Yeah. I'm okay. Are we going to go descending? Well, it's a draft, so we it's go. It's a draft. So it's since there's three of us, we're going to do snake. Three of us. Now, there's one stipulation. Okay. And only one. We must, of our five, have one football player on that list. All right. Or one football-connected individual. Doesn't have to okay. be a player. One football-connected individual on the list. But, Coach, player, however you want to go. I think you got to go more than one. I think, well, it's, just it's one. your draft. Just one. That's your right. draft. Just, just one. All right, what are the other stipulations? Fictional, real, mo- whatever. Yep. Wow. Any, it's dead or no alive. No holds barred. Mm-hmm. Yep, dead or alive. Okay. No holds barred. I'm good. You All need right. to go first. I'm go going first? first? Yes. It can be anything you want for whatever reason. Ronald Reagan. I went double R. And Ronald Reagan, I mean, we're talking about President of the United States of America. I think everybody agrees with especially, I'm not going to get political, but especially with what we're going on right now, a guy like that who can unite the country uh, was so important and would be so appreciated today. Mm -hmm. And Ronald Reagan, All-American dude. That's a good one. I like it. He's my number one pick. That's good. Drew, you go second. Jason Bourne. I was. That's a good one. Jason. He was Bourne. high on my board. Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne is fantastic. Ronald Reagan's a nice choice, but Jason Bourne could beat up Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Even but with Reagan could, could get the entire military after and, him, and Bourne could elude the entire military. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's mine. He's great. Okay. You know, uh, it's funny because Bourne to me, the whole series. Even though James Bond still exists, and I was a James Bond geek when I was a kid, Bourne, to me, is like the new James Bond. I mean, yeah. that's that's a modern-era James Bond, because the Cold War is over. Bond doesn't work as well as it used to. Grittier, tougher. Yeah, it's yeah. just it, it fits in with modern society better. It's already, of what, a 15-year-old franchise, uh, but it's phenomenal. La- last thing on Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The 13 Hours in Benghazi or that one. But oh, yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, one of the... The Rangers or SEALs who's helping protect them mm-hmm. says, "How's how are all the Jason Bournes doing downstairs?" Talking about the diplomats. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was oh, just gosh. so funny because these were not Jason Bournes downstairs. Anyways, go ahead. All right, what do you got? My my first one. I think whenever I saw George C. Scott when I was little. Oh my gosh, I was going to go here dude, too. I cannot believe this. George Patton. Oh. Oh, I thought and you were going to say that speech in, st- in front of the flag. Okay. I want George Patton. You want Patton? He is the ultimate in badassery. And then, it's a little bit of a surprise. And I know when you hear it, you're going to wait. He's not American. But yes, he was. He was born in Chinatown, San Francisco. I'm taking the all-time, all-time badass Bruce Lee. That's good. It's good. I like it. American citizen Bruce Lee, huh? He's born, born in America. Yes, born in America. That is outstanding. Born I did America, not went to University of Washington. I did not know this. Yes. He was Bruce Lee. Awesome. George Patton and Bruce Lee to start the off. Late Bruce Lee. You right, know, Drew. I think uh Vandermeer kind of started things off to help me out this help help me make this choice. I could mm-hmm. I'm more justified in making this choice. I went rugged ass kicker 
with my first. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Fred Rogers for my second. Mr. Rogers. And why is this? He is an All-American dude. Didn't he, he win the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Very true. I would hope so, man. Anyways, my wife and I were flipping uh, through Amazon about a week or so ago. We'd run out of stuff to watch. We see this documentary on him, and I was like, I haven't thought of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, in two decades. We watched it, and I was pretty amazed by what he did. And then we just kind of said, man, I wonder if the kids would like this. And so we found a few episodes, and the next morning when they got up, we were like, hey, we're going to watch something new. And they're, they just kind of like watched, and they were mesmerized by it. So, yeah. And then yesterday was his birthday. It would have been his 90th birthday. And there's there's a movie coming out this summer about him, and I watched the trailer, and it's going to get you choked up. But then Tom Hanks is going to play him in a biopic oh, later. Oh, he is. So, yeah, wow. Minus Mr. Rogers, yeah. Very good. All-American All right. dude. All right, Mark, you close round two, then you start round three. He could, he could snake pecs. He, speaking of snakes, he could, like, charm a snake. He could. All right, Vince Lombardi, because that'll be my football pick. I'm picking the greatest coach ever. Yeah, I'm picking a guy who could motivate mere mortal men to do extraordinary things. I think he would have been a tremendous coach in any era. Okay, I think he knew his players well. Uh, you know, you hear guys like Jerry Kramer talk about how tough he was and everything, and there's no question about his toughness. But I think Vince Lombardi is an any-era guy. That in this era, he would still motivate, he would still improve people, and he would understand the times are a little bit different. Don't forget, he was coaching in the 60s. And I know that it wasn't exactly Haight-Ashbury there in Green Bay, Wisconsin with that crew. But there was a sort of change of consciousness in the United States of America during that decade. And Lombardi, that was his era. Yep. So he absolutely found a way to fit in. I think he would be great today. He's an All-American dude. There is, on NFL Films, the timeline. And everybody forgets that Lombardi went to the Redskins in 1970 mm-hmm. and, or 1969. It's a phenomenal show. It's phenomenal. And it's just it's, Lombardi with the it's Redskins. just about Lombardi. Did they go to the, the playoffs Redskins. for the first time in a long time with well, him? Well, I don't know if they went to the playoffs, but they had a winning record. For they the had a winning time. record. Yeah, okay. a long time. All right, you start round three. So you've got Ronald Reagan and Vince Lombardi. You've done pretty well. I'm going to go fictional again here for my third pick. We'll go fictional. Well, that, that would be your first fictional pick. My first fictional pick, but my third pick overall. Yeah, yeah. Because on the board, I have Ronald Reagan and Vince Lombardi. Right. But since you went Jason Bourne, I'm going to go Ethan Hunt of the Mission Impossible movies. Now, I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy. And I even balked, for those of you who are more seasoned, at the appalling lack of breaking format in the Mission Impossible series because they kill off Jim Phelps in the very first movie in like the first ten minutes of the movie who was Peter Graves in the series and how could you ever do that and as I'm saying this I don't even want to make this pick but I feel like I have to (laughs) because he's talented he's a survivor he can get the job done he is a he, he does embrace teamwork even though you know he's out there as an individual a lot like with his life on the line Okay. There you you go. know who's talented, embraces teamwork, gets the job done, mm-hmm. but who's real and not made up? Who's that? My third choice, which is Chuck Yeager. Oh, the good pilot. One. He yeah. flew in what? World War Two, Korea. Broke the sound barrier. Vietnam. It's broke the sound good. barrier a bunch of times. And there were other things about him too. I mean, he lasted a long day. He's still alive. He's, he's, he's still Twitter. alive. He's on Twitter, man. That's right. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. That he, I've seen him recently in some way that impressed me and that he tweets Chuck freaking Jaeger. Yeah. 
he should be like the number two overall pick in this entire draft. Yeah, that's a that's a good one, Drew. Thanks. I gotta admit, Thanks. you hit that one out of the park. Um, snake time for you, John. Yeah, it is snake time. So I got I got two of them here, and I still have to get my football pick. And I'm I'm leaning towards a guy whose nickname was Concrete, and he served in our American military. He was the last of the two way players in football. He is truly all American. The late great Chuck Charlie Bednarik. Oh, good one. Now, some people may not know who that is. Just think of well, we have a current Houston Texan who won an award named after him, mm-hmm. and that would be the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, won the Bednarik Award in yeah. college as the nation's best defensive player. There's yes. a few iconic photos of Chuck Bednarik. One of him, I think, smoking a cigar after the Eagles won their title. But yes. the more famous one is him. His over arm, Frank Gifford, pumped. Yeah, after he. It's one of my favorite really pictures of all Gifford. time. Yeah. My favorite pictures. He's saying Absolutely. this game is over, but they thought he was taunting. Is Frank Gifford making this draft? Probably no. not. No. 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 Come on. No. Now, he is an all-American dude. I'll give I'm him just that. Kidding. But, I'm kidding. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm the, not going The stewardess video thing, whatever that was so, in the room, now, that eliminated him. You both have come up with... You both have come up with fictional characters in yours. I have yet to come up with one. Okay. But I'm going with one right here. Rambo. That's pretty good. Go with That's Rambo. a good one. Did yep. you guys see the fourth Rambo when he goes to uh, Burma? I don't even know if I've watched the entire first Rambo. I just Rambo. know that I, I – You should. I've seen the yeah. first see, two. He's the first, see the first one and see the last one. I've seen the first see. one. Can I watch the first one with my 12-year-old? Not Probably not. That, no, no. But the, the, the second one, I remember seeing that when I was in junior high, and it was so vivid. And I'll never forget there was one scene. I mean, it was, it was him against – Everybody, and yet he's the guy who comes back against all, all Rambo. That's yeah. that's my last, that's my fourth pick. So I add him to George Patton, Bruce Lee, and Charlie Bickner. Pretty Drew, good. <laughs> back up. to you. All right, I'm gonna go fictional again. I'm gonna go with Dalton from Roadhouse. Oh, good fictional pick, <laughs> all American dude. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> Dalton. What? What's so funny? Pain don't hurt. No, the line he's, of the he's practical. He's pick. practical. He carries around a spare, uh, full size spare in his car. He fantastic. carries around all his medical records. Yep, and he's nice to people, and when he has to stop yeah. being nice, he stops being nice. I think it's I think it's a great I pick. Think, I think every guy looked at where he was living in that garage apartment, barn apartment thing, <laughs> and every guy loves that. Yeah, because like Doing that tai, tai Chi outside. Yeah, Kelly Lynch stops by, and you got the water outside now. Brad Wesley's place is across the water, and that's that's bothersome, no question. But it's also motivating at the same time. Yep. But I think every guy like sort of thinks, if I was alone, I'd want to live there. Peace. <laughs> I could work on my, yeah, the Tai Chi stuff. I could do all of that. But I don't know if I'd want to be a bouncer. Anyway. So that's you've got pick. two picks. You end the fourth, and you begin the fifth. So these are your last two picks. Oh, this is very difficult. This is very difficult. All-American dudes. Yeah. You have gone with, Mark has gone with Ronald Reagan. Vince Lombardi, and Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Drew has gone with Jason Bourne, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, Chuck Yeager, Dalton from Roadhouse, and I have gone with George Patton, Bruce Lee, Charlie Bednarik, and Rambo. All right. Part of me wants to pick Ted Nugent here because he is the Motor City Madman. Yep. You know. Part of you wants to, but will you? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go Ted Nugent. Now, I know this is not going to be popular politically with a lot of people, and I don't want it to necessarily give away my political leanings because it really doesn't, okay? But there's just something about Nugent that I love, that he's still going at this age. I hunt and eat and kill and eat everything I kill. (laughs) And I have backstrap omelets for breakfast. 
Yes. He's an all-American dude. All right. Come on. That's exactly I what killed this it with a bow and arrow. And here's the thing about Ted Nugent. He's kind of like when you think of environmentalist, you think of, you know, tree hugger or whatever the clichés are, right? Yeah, you but can, Nugent is Yeah, you could You know, a him. lot of these guys like Nugent, these guys who would like prefer to live off the grid if they could. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're kind of environmentalists too. They're like, yeah, we want the nat- you know, preserve nature, you know, lower taxes. Maybe no government, not less government, maybe no government at all. And he can wail on his guitar. He wails, though. I mean, I saw him at Madison Square Garden when now I was a kid. Now we're getting to the crux okay? of it, really. Plays that gigantic. Now we to the crux of why I mean, you think about that Birdland guitar he's got. That's thing. It's the size of an acoustic. It's an electric. He uses a Force Fender Super Twins on stage, stands on top of them like, whoa, it's awesome. John, should we tell him? What? Your street cred today rose a little bit. With yeah, JJ Watt. Somebody found JJ out that Watt that was guitar sitting in was John's yours. chair about an hour or so ago. He had to record some things, mm-hmm. and as he was walking out, he's like, "Whose guitar is this?" I said, "It's Vandermeer's." He's like, "He plays a guitar." I'm like, "Yeah, really." You just he went was up pretty the power impressed. rankings. Yeah. Oh gosh, you did. Pretty impressed. Good. Yeah. So go number five. All right. So the last num- pick. So I, and you've got your football pick is out of the way. You yeah. already picked your football. I pick. feel like I have to pick another athlete here. Okay. I feel like. Um, I mean, I really want to pick Evil Knievel. <laughs> that's that's legitimate. You could, and I think I will you, because he wore the right. red, white, and blue, and it's a dated reference, okay? But Evil Knievel, kids, death what, like if all right, guys, you know the people in our department, right? If I say to Jesse Clark and Tyler Sudarth, if I say who's no. Evil Knievel, are they going to know? I think Jesse would know. Maybe these guys are, by the way, twenty-five and less. Okay, yeah. their ages. But Evil Knievel but was this, a stunt motorcycle. Writer we'll in the seventies, and he once tried to jump over the Snake River Canyon, which yes. is close to the Grand Canyon. And by that time, it wasn't a motorcycle anymore; it was like a small rocket, and that failed. It was like mm-hmm. a rocket with wheels. Uh, but he jumped over trucks and buses at Caesar's Palace in Vegas. He broke every bone in his body. He was an American icon for and a while. If something in the 70s. is all American. Breaking your bones is all American. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so I'm, I'm picking now. You got your football. I got to get my football guy, but that's easy because I'm going with a guy who I actually got to produce an interview of him, and it was the first televised interview of this guy in 20 years. I know who it is. The first Monday Night Football commentator, a 1966 NFL MVP, a former SMU Mustang, uh-huh. Dandy Don Meredith. This Something guy good. Yeah. could walk into a party Mark's throwing, could mark into, walk into a party you're throwing, yep. John, could walk into any of the parties. Any of you listeners out there, and I don't know you, but he could be the life of any of those parties. He's that cool. He's a really cool guy, Don Meredith. All right, All so American dude, turn out good. the lights now. I I'll show you. I can show you my. These are the these are the guys that I have not. I came up with <laughs> that are not going to be my fifth pick. Undrafted free agents yeah. in the All American Dude Draft: Jack Lambert, Mean Joe Green, mm. Mike Tyson, Steve Austin. Greg Lloyd, remember him with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I just kind of felt like Bear Bryant. He it was down to Charlie Benaric, Bear Bryant, Dirty Harry, Rocky. I thought about Watt, and then I did pick Charlie Benaric. So that leads me to this last one, and I know some of you look at me like, "Wait, what?" I'm taking Willie Nelson. That's pretty good because I, I he's third on my list. He was like the third name I came up with, and then you took Ted Nugent, and I was like, "Oh no." This feels like a pick you would have made, Drew. Willie Nelson. So I got a little yeah. worried about it. So we I'm saw taking... Willie Nelson last year at the rodeo. He's got arm hairs older than all of us. <laughs> and he he's always wearing an American flag, red, white, and blue. I, yeah. Um, I'll also, go with it. Also receiving votes but not making the final cut, Dirty Harry. George, yeah, that's what I have. George Washington, Nolan Ryan, John Wayne, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, 
and Chris Christie. I was going to say John that John Wayne, Wayne is the biggest omission of all of us. Yeah, that's all a right? huge one. This is like Tom Brady that's sliding to the sixth round when you talk yeah. about all American dudes draft. Because a lot of, and kids, do you think Jesse and Tyler would know who John Wayne is? John Wayne, you could not get any more American than John Wayne Teddy for Roosevelt, a while. That's a good one. Teddy Roosevelt's a good one. Who too. else did we miss? At Texans Voice, at Doherty Drew, at Jay Harris Football. Who did we miss? With our Wednesday draft, the All-American Dude. I think we came up with some good teams, boys. Very diverse. Nice job. One final segment of Texans All Access on this wonderful Wednesday evening. Hopefully, you're out by your grill or you're out by the pool or you're just out walking a dog or taking a bike ride or doing something to enjoy this beautiful weather that we have been having. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And we did a cooler talk presented by Arctic earlier today. Got a lot of questions from people asking about various things. And so I figured I'd put it out there on Twitter, at Football to allow you guys to ask anything you wanted about anything, really, in, in all honesty. Most of the time, people are going to hit me up with Texans questions, but you can obviously hit me with anything. I'll try and answer it. And so I figured I'd take the, the best five questions that I've gotten and, and handle those. And even I, I've even got, I think, one from the other day that I got that I wanted to, to make sure – to make sure that I hit. Um, so here we go. This one from Anthony. I know we have plenty of time, but any news on an offensive tackle or backup quarterback? I have not seen anything leaning one way or the other on either. I do know, and we both know, we all know, that backup quarterback situation has got to be remedied. Tom Savage took the contract and went to New Orleans. And Taylor Heineke is in the building. I say in the building on the team. The team is not really back yet. They will be back in April at some point. Start conditioning phase one of the off season. But Taylor Heineke, I would imagine the Texans will sign a rookie, and they had some time with four rookies at the Senior Bowl: Mike White from Western Kentucky, Brand Silvers from Troy. They'll say Kyle Letter from Richmond and Kurt Benkert from Virginia. They also had the opportunity to spend some time with the North squad, which had Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, who they're not going to draft, but also Tanner Lee and Luke Falk. So those quarterbacks they had a chance to spend with at the Senior Bowl. So I would imagine they're going to bring in a young guy and have him compete with Taylor Heineke, and then they'll find a veteran that can come on as played some in the NFL and, and roll from there. That's just that's my gut instinct. So I think they'll it'll it will, as Anthony said, it'll take some time. Now if it's a tackle, they've added Chantrell Henderson They've added Sinio Clemente. They've added Zach Fulton. Now, of those, Henderson is really the only tackle prospect, uh, tackle free agent. So they have definitely have got to attack that in the draft at worst, but maybe they'll do it in free agency. If you look at all of the free agent signings, top 10 list, top 100, whatever, all the, all the true tackles are really accounted for at this point. So my, my guess is, if I were to put money on it, is they're not going to sign anybody of a big-name quality because that guy really didn't even exist going into this free agency outside of Nate Solder. But they were able to they were able to address the position with Chantrell Henderson, address the offensive line with Calamete and Fulton, and they'll definitely, I think, do it in the draft. Drafting in the third round, you think, well, wait a second, they're not going to get a good, good tackle. Well, this tackle draft, really, the value of this group is mainly found in the second, third round. You're not going to have a bunch of first-rounders at tackle. So I do think you can find some quality players in the third round, maybe a Tyrell Crosby from Oregon. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but that, that's a guy that's played a lot of good football out at Oregon. Um, 
I think you could look at guys like Alex Kappa, who the Texans coached at the Senior Bowl. Austin Corbin, who's probably more guard than tackle, but that's, you know, Chooks Okafor from, a core four, excuse me, from Western Michigan, a young, long, athletic-looking dude. I mean, you talk about long arms and a young guy. A core four might be a – he might be more of a project than anything else, but, boy, you don't find a lot of assets uh, like that. But that would be, I think, where they're going next. I think quarterback and offensive tackle they'll address in the draft. Quarterback late, offensive tackle as early as they possibly can. Uh, I don't think it's out of the real possibility to sign somebody, but I just don't think they'll be able to get there. Um, I don't think there's anybody worth signing at that point. Uh, let's see. I got this from James. It says, assuming all works out, assuming all works out well with the signing so far, tight end seems to be our biggest need on offense. A dynamic tight end would help Sean Watson out tremendously and open things up even more. Are there going to be any available in the third round, and would the Texans pull the trigger? It's a fantastic question, and I think the good thing about the way things have gone, and, I, and I've always said this, attacking the priorities, and I said when people were like, get Jimmy Graham, get this tight end, get that tight end, I said, I don't want to hear about going and signing a tight end until they've, atta- until they've attacked the priorities of this team, offensive line and secondary. Well, they signed three offensive linemen, they signed – three secondary players. I think at this point, if they were to look at a free agent tight end, I would be all I would be all about it. I've heard Benjamin Watson is looking at some teams. I don't think that would be a bad option, although he's a little long in the tooth. So the question becomes draft, that tight end. I think this is a really good tight end draft. From a from an athletic perspective, from a pass catcher perspective, I don't think that it's great from a traditional wide tight end perspective. You're not finding a lot of C.J. Fedorowiczs. The only one that really kind of comes close to that, for the most part, is Ryan Izzo. Now, I love Ian Thomas from Indiana. He's probably the combination of wide tight end, pass catcher. He's got 11-and-a-half-inch hands. He's got good hands. Saw him at the Senior Bowl. Texans coached him at the Senior Bowl. I like him a lot. He's got good size. He runs well. He does everything you really want in a tight end, and I think he's probably bound for the third round because there are some bigger names in front of him. Dallas Goddard, Mike Kosicki. Uh, also, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. So I think that maybe pushes some guys down like that. Jordan Akins from UCF uh, is another one that I think would be a really good value at tight end. So I, And Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. Landry Locker and I have kind of debated that a little bit. I joke with him and I say, you know, look, they, don't need, they need somebody that can, that can block. Mark Andrews is really not going to block anybody. He was a receiver when he got to OU and he was really – a receiver, he was really a big receiver while he was at OU. Now, he's not opposed to being physical. He's just not going to be effective being physical um, as a blocker. So, but, he's, but he's out there, and he's a heck of a pass catcher. So from that perspective, those are the kind of tight ends you're going to find. But to me, a guy like Ian Thomas from Indiana kind of, kind of fits the bill on both sides. So that might be a guy you look at in the third round. I love that guy. I love watching him. I like watching him at the Senior Bowl. And he's going to be in the Harris 100. He should have been in the first one, but... Uh, give it a chance to watch a little bit more of him after the Senior Bowl. He's definitely going to be in there when the next version comes out, which hopefully will be very soon. This one from Jay. How happy is Coach O'Brien with having a GM with the same mindset and team's goals as of players that he may request to fit his philosophy overall? I think this is a great question, by the way, but I also think it's one in which you can think about it in any walk of life, in any business. Whenever you see eye to eye with – your boss or with somebody, you know, your your co-owner, if you own, you know, a place, you know, say you own a, a Jamba Juice 
and you run it with somebody, and they have a different way of looking at things than you do, it's going to be contentious. Um, it's not going to work out. You're not going to get the, the best out of that particular situation. Think about the Dallas Cowboys many years ago when, when Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones were on the same page seemingly on things. Cowboys ended up winning championships. And at some point there was friction and they started looking at things differently. And maybe Ego got involved there. Who knows? But uh, then they ended up splitting up. They won one more year with Switzer and then the Cowboys broke up at that point. So I think there's a lot to be learned from just that kind of situation in, in real life. And when I think about it that way, it does appear both both men have talked about having alignment, and, and both Brian Gain and Bill Bryan have mentioned that, and I think that's the one thing that a coach and GM would always want to have. They want to have that alignment. They don't have to think the same on every single thing, but they have to have a general philosophy that's in line with one another. And if they do, then they're able to make some, I don't know, some good sweet music together. That's the hope, obviously, here with the Houston Texans. All right, this question from the real Danzel, would you trade up in the second for a tackle, offensive tackle, or just stay put and take a tackle that's in the third? I think some of this kind of plays out depending on what starts to happen during the draft. If a guy like Mike McGlinchey falls out of the first round and he then falls to the second round, maybe I'd do it. i trade that first third-round pick, the Texans pick, and the compensatory pick, but i leave the one kind of in the middle because i got three picks. Take the one in the middle, leave it there. But package those other two, move up, maybe go get a guy like McGlinchey. Maybe Orlando Brown Jr., although I think I would rather see if Orlando Brown Jr. could just fall to me at the top of the third. But if McGlinchey and Brown are both off the board, at that point I would just let the board fall to me at that point because those would be the guys you would probably do it. I don't think Connor. I think Connor Williams is going to go in the first round at some point. Some team is just going to look at him as too athletic. Yeah, we can play him at guard. We can do something with him. I think Connor Williams will end up going in the first round. Now, I might think about it with a corner because there's a lot of corners. I think you can get a first-round type talent in the second round because there are so many guys that ran the 4-3 range. So you might want to do it for a corner. That might be something that to do with a corner. But I think with a tackle, boy, it's tough. I think if it's McGlinchey, yeah, I think I might think about doing that. All right, let's get to one last one. This is from Russell. He says, where is Whitney Merciless in his rehab? I think he is as – I think he's been cleared for football activities. I think he is completely ready to go. And obviously OTAs don't start until May, I think early May or late April, early May. So he's going to be ready to go. So – uh, there you go. Russell, appreciate it. To all of you, thank you so much for hitting me up. Props to Mark and Drew for stopping by. Our All-American Dude Draft was awesome. Go check it out. It was great. So go to com to our podcast page, and you can pick up Texas All Access and hear it. It was absolutely awesome, and I won again. Mostly thanks to you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.